0: Hello, and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcast blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represented within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please enjoy the following podcast episode.
1: to my AP Biology Thoughts podcast. My name's Keenan Wallace, and today I'm joined by Serena Russell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll be discussing rhino poaching in South Africa and its impact in the local ecosystem. Rhino poaching has been a big problem over the last 200 years or so. Rhino poaching started in the 1800s where there were like a million rhinos throughout South Africa and surrounding regions. But now there's only 27,000 remaining in the wild,
0: which, despite them being such large animals, is a very small number.
1: Yeah, because you know it's a big place, mm-hmm. spread out and all. So, in uh, in the early 2000s or so, we actually got rhino poaching down to a very low number. In 2007, only 13 were poached, which, like, in the schemes of thing- scheme of things, is practically nothing. Then there was like a spike in rhino poaching, and in 2015, 1,175 were killed, just more than three a day. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I've I've heard before that um, a way that a way that some scientists and conservationists decided to try and stop poaching was by uh, painting and dyeing rhinos' horns bright pink, which decreases the quality of the ivory and and also it makes them easier to spot in the wild so you can Mm. see if poachers are doing something but unfortunately as the data shows it doesn't seem to have quite worked as well as we wanted it to
1: practically seems like it would make Mm. them more obvious to poachers too you know though Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure that poachers can
0: already yeah they're pretty big animals yeah i don't don't know if i don't know if stealth is exactly a good way to (laughs) hide them
1: I kind of think of them as being slow, but I think they can actually move pretty fast.
0: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, they're pretty fast. They're just um, not not that great at turning. Yeah,
1: I can imagine that. Have that charge type of uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as Serena said, the uh, the number of rhinos killed has decreased in more recent years, but it hasn't gotten anywhere close to... Only the only thirteen that were killed in two thousand and seven in twenty twenty three hundred and uh ninety four were killed which a big decrease from one thousand one hundred and seventy five but mm-hmm. not perfect
0: still just over one a day yeah and if you know and if you know anything about how long rhinos take to reproduce i don't know if they can make i don't know if they can make up one killed a day in terms of population size
1: yeah mm-hmm so, I often think of rhinos as just being like a, I don't know. They, they don't seem that important. They just seem like, you know, yeah. rhinos. Mm-hmm. We love them because they're so yeah. iconic of Africa or whatever. Yeah. You
0: think but... you think of rhinos because they're as like, big and stupid, and they they charge at things. Uh, and unlike a lot of other animals, it's it's hard to see their like obvious impact on an ecosystem.
1: Yeah, that's like the reputation <laughs> that they have. But in reality, rhinos are actually a keystone species, which means that they have an integral role in their ecosystem. And like, there's a ton of other species in the ecosystem that depend on them, like both indirectly and directly. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that rhinos impact the ecosystem is that because they're so large, they actually geoform so they change the land around them and mm-hmm. by wallow- wallowing in mud so like you know there's big water holes with mud and all uh they do this to keep cool and ward off insects but it helps maintain the water holes so that there's water for the other animals in the ecosystem and additionally when they get out they track all the soil around and that helps uh like it's really nutrient-rich soil that accumulates in the water holes, and by tracking it around, they can spread it to plants that normally wouldn't get that mm-hmm. those nutrients.
0: I don't think I've ever heard a more rhino-like way of affecting the environment. <laughs> <laughs> being yeah. so being so large, you maintain landmarks with your very presence. Just <laughs> lumbering around. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. And then they also support other species and food chains in other ways, like rhino dung, for example, good soil fertilizer. And dung beetles uh, depend on rhinos because dung. So they lay their eggs in rhino dung, which supports species that eat the the beetle larvae, and you know, species that eat them. So we have a whole chain there.
0: Mm-hmm. Honestly, it it feels it feels more like the ri- the rhinos existed and then the ecosystem formed around them rather yeah, than
1: like everything's based on the rhinos. Yeah.
0: And it's it's all being it's all being it's all based on the rhinos in a way that doesn't actually mean the rhinos have to do anything. They just have to kind of exist yeah. and do whatever they want and then the eco the ecosystem works. They're
1: just there and then everything else. Works with them.
0: If only I could do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a number of bird species that rely on rhino dung for insects and undigested and seeds and such. It's a good food source, apparently. So, and it, additionally, rhinos support parasitic uh, organisms like fly and tick species. And then animals that eat those like you may have heard of this one oxpeckers that's like the classic symbiotic relationship you know like the rhino and then the oxpeckers like the birds that are on top of the rhinos you know those mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: heard those a lot actually it's not it's not one that i've heard of in a long time
1: mm.
0: i know i think that was like the first ever example of a symbiotic relationship yeah, exactly. like you said but i get a lot of um different examples of those recently, so it's nice to hear about them again.
1: Yeah. I remember, like, <laughs> in middle school, that's, like, the first one you learn, you know, like, rhinos and oxpeckers. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. By eating, rhinos also uh, help the mm-hmm. ecosystem. So they eat grass, and they keep it at, like, a short, uh, a short height, which allows other plant species that would be, like, blocked out by long grass to survive and thrive so they're actually pretty important you yeah. know and,
0: and again these last examples they still don't have to really do anything
1: <laughs> they're just there
0: they're they're there and they do and they do whatever they want to do they be their big lumbering selves and then everything else everything else is a forms around them
1: yeah a real Mm -hmm. foundation of the south african ecosystem
0: in a very literal way (laughs) so
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so whenever you hear about rhino conservation this is why they matter Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they're they're the foundation here
0: Mm.
1: and so that's Mm -hmm. all the time we have for today thank you for listening to this episode of my ap biology thoughts and for more student-run podcasts and digital content Make sure that you visit www.hdhvspn.com.